It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider on a nasty afternoon, but if you're going to be quarantined, stuck in the house, well... Let's get these rainy days out of the way so when we're finally able to get out and have some fun, uh, I've got to feel like we will have banked some good weather. We certainly deserve it, all of you who have pitched in, uh, including uh, everybody who is making this program possible. Billy, uh, once again, is in the studio. Aaron is uh, safe and sound in his apartment. I am in our, our basically our road studio, which is my garage. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's working out okay. Uh, and so far it's been a pretty good day. We're going to hear tonight from John Hale of the Courier-Journal. Uh, he'll talk about John Calipari's comments from earlier today. And Doug Hampton, who's a longtime friend and a, a veteran a basketball official. He was one of the top high school basketball officials in the state of Kentucky. Has two sons who are D1, I mean Power 5 conference basketball referees. So all the complaining that we've all done throughout the basketball season. We'll get a little bit of a different perspective on that. Plus, he is a, becoming a master chef when it comes to pizza, so you're not going to want to miss that. That comes up in our second hour. Uh, but I mentioned Aaron and Billy, and Aaron, uh, John Calipari goes to bat today for Kevin Knox, uh, playing for your <laughs> beloved New York Knicks. Did that surprise you to hear that? It didn't surprise me to hear it. I mean, this guy, I, I, I was laughing because, when I was on the um, Zoom call with 60-somewhat reporters that he held today, and when Ian Begley of SNY brought up Kevin Knox, he started to smirk right away, which to me is like, all right, he really likes this kid. And I've always known, and what Kyle did say at the beginning, which he stayed consistent, is Knox is a kind of a project. He might take up to three years. So, you know, we're on year two, two strikes right now. Uh, we'll see uh, if he strikes out or if he figures out in year three, and I'm hopeful he does figure it out in year three. And, Billy, your Western Kentucky Hilltoppers land a pretty good player, at least a commitment. Yeah, how about that, Zion Harmon, the, the kid who has basically played for, what, four, five different high schools at this <laughs> point, uh, may play a season for the Hilltoppers. Who knows how long he'll stay at wherever the place he lands. I was going to ask you about that. Are you kind of hesitant to wrap your arms around this? Because uh, I always wonder about guys like that who – bounce from school to school and find, you know, situations on, you know, they don't like the situation until they up and leave. And you got to wonder about that when they look at their choice of college, I, I sometimes wonder. Yeah, it's definitely concerning. Um, really, the only time I saw him up close and personal, this is Zion Harmon, was in 2013 when he played for the Bowling Green Purples as an eighth grader and they won the state championship at yeah. Rupp. So he was great then, and I'm not sure what he's did since, but, you know, you got to think that, Rick Stansberry was in attendance at that tournament, and uh, 
you know, he got his guy, and uh, I think it's really going to help him. Yeah, I agree. And uh, obviously, one thing with one thing with that too is the new rule that might come into play with um, transferring and not getting penalized. If he has, say, a pretty good year but not NBA ready year, could he step up to a UK or a, like a Power Five or something like that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and he may end up playing for as many schools as he's in college. And that said, it's not that he would not be able to make it in the NBA, but you got to wonder sometimes, like I said, about guys who just keep bouncing around. What kind of a teammate is he going to be and what kind of player is he going to be? The other thing, too, is he's still a kid. you know. And if you've got that kind of ability and the wherewithal to move around, well, they're probably going to move around. So we'll talk more about that. As the evening unfolds, we'll take your calls at 280-2287-800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider one And we will take a call right now. TJ's already on the line from down in North Carolina. What's up, TJ? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just continuing from last night, a little update. We had our daughter this morning. Yay! And uh, you guys you guys have gained a new listener. Good. <laughs> and and do, does she have a name yet? Yes, she does. Uh, her name's Lila Kate. Wow. Yeah, my daughter's name is Kate. That's a great name. Good Southern name. It is. Yeah. It is. I love it. So, Mom doing uh, okay? I just want to let you guys know. Yep, Mom's doing okay. Baby's doing okay. We're, we're sitting here in the hospital room right now listening to your show. So Good deal. Well, give our best to your new family or to your new daughter and to your wife. And, again, congratulations from all of us. Absolutely. You guys stay safe out there, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Yeah, TJ called us last night and said his wife was having contractions and that he might be calling us tonight from the hospital. And what do you know? Guys, that's a first. I've been doing this show, uh, a show at least, since 1980. And this is the first time I've ever gotten a call like that. Like I said yesterday, I need some good news, and that is yeah. as good as it gets. As good as it gets. Yeah, awesome How about to hear. that? How about that? Good for him. Uh, a little bit of news that is out there right now, and uh, the New York Post, of course, has a story on John Calipari talking about Kevin Knox. We'll hear a little bit about that later on. Some really sad news, of course, uh, that when sports intersects with a coronavirus, uh, David Edwards, a guy the name you might recall, he played for Texas A&M in the early 1990s. He is the school's single-season uh assist record holder, died of complications from coronavirus. You know, this is a young, healthy, former athlete. And a guy who began his career at Georgetown, transferred to A&M, and uh, had a terrific career down there. This is back when A&M was still in the old Southwest Conference. And also a St. John's former player has passed away after battling the virus. So it is uh, hitting anywhere and everywhere, and that's what's really terrifying about the situation. Also, the Philadelphia 76ers have backtracked. I got to wonder, guys, why in the world do you even think about doing something like this? They were going to, well, I can understand it. Everything's a business, but they were going to institute salary reductions of up to 20% for full time salaried employees who were making at least $50,000. Uh, and then after the outcry, they reversed their field and, uh, of course, you know, it's tough on everybody with the NBA season suspended because of the coronavirus. And a lot of NBA players, to their credit, are are really coming forward and, and shouldering some of this financial uh, burden, including Joel Embiid, 
who says he's going to donate a half million dollars to the relief efforts. But, boy, you talk about some, as we say in this day and age, bad optics, Aaron. It's it's just I was amazed they even went public with that decision. Yeah, and it seems like a big reason that they, you know, backtracked was the public's reaction yeah. was so negative. And I've seen they're not the only team that's done that. I saw the New Jersey Devils in the NHL. Same thing. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, I saw as well. I don't think they've backtracked yet, but I get the business aspect, but you'd think they have, they still have the revenue to take care of those who need it most in the organization. Yeah, you'd think so. Are yeah, you surprised, Billy? I, well, I am, but I'm a little slow to point fingers and tell people what to do in this crisis because people handle, handle it differently, and I would love to see billionaire owners take up for people and instead of pushing it on to the millionaire athletes yeah. to do it, but you know, I can't say I'm too surprised. I just, I went, my mind went straight to Greg Schiano in Tennessee, kind of that yeah. social media backlash that can change a decision as as quick as it is as, as it happened. Yeah, and that's a fairly new dynamic over the last decade or so. Whereas, you know, in the past, you would hear of letters to the editor, or people would make an angry phone call to the team. But now with social media. Man, you feel that right away. And I'm with you on the owners, and I give Mark Cuban a lot of credit. He was one of the first guys to jump up. Of course, he's always been one of the first guys with everything, hasn't he? And yeah. uh, a guy who, uh, uh, you know, he gets it. And maybe it's because he made his fortune at an earlier age and is uh, younger than most of the owners out there. But uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing, like I said, that they kind of jumped the gun on that. Um, there was a story out there that stated that the NCAA asked uh, a Clemson ball player to take down his fundraising effort. He had to go fund me for the COVID-19 patients and their families. And immediately there was an outcry about that. And the NCAA issued a statement right away and said, we did not ask him to take down his fundraiser. And we want to work with member schools so they can do things like this. So you got to be careful about that when uh, somebody puts out, a statement saying, well, this is what happened, and take it at face value, especially something like that. Just just be careful when it comes to reacting to stories like that. Uh, also, speaking of, this isn't the coronavirus, but a Dallas Cowboys player has been battling an autoimmune disease. Travis Frederick announced he will retire, and he's only 29 years old. This is another young ball player who has announced his retirement. And, of course, a lot of guys can do this now because they've made a ton of money up front and they can be satisfied with how they will support their family or future family, and they're stepping away from pro football. But uh, he has Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is an autoimmune disease. It affects the nervous system, took him off the field for 2018. This is a terrible, terrible disease. My cousin had that disease, and doctors couldn't figure it out. And believe it or not, his brother, another cousin of mine, who has been a paramedic for many, many years, he recognized symptoms and said, why don't you have them check for this? And that is indeed what he had. It's, it can be really horrible. And I've got to think it's exacerbated. If you're a pro athlete and you're so in tune with your body and you're constantly working to stay in tip-top shape, but he finally decided he just was tired of battling the disease as he tried to play football and get back on the field and he did get back and again was and was uh, made the pro bowl he's a dallas cowboy 
But and he, by the way, the center of what is considered one of, if not the best offensive line in the National Football League. But Travis Frederick stepping away, and I know uh, the Cowboys. You being a Giants fan, Aaron, you're yeah. you're you're not crazy about the circumstance. But any any time no. the Cowboys uh, uh, make a move, that affects your team or your your fan base. Yeah, absolutely. And this one, I mean, this is not anything you root for. But I could definitely tell you, watching him play. At least twice a year, if not more, he was the best center in the NFL. Travis Sager was so. It's a shame to see his career come to an end at 29 uh, with those circumstances. But like you said, um, thankfully he uh, made the money he's needed to take care of himself and family for life, and he can be satisfied walking away knowing that at least. Yep. There's also uh, information out there. It's been made into many a meme and. Uh, you know, presented many different ways about Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. How weird does that sound? Uh, Billy's smiling right now, I'm sure. But, Billy, it, it was I thought it was really great. It, it And I'm sure you've seen this. It talks about all the demands that you might have expected that Tom Brady made. You know, money, power, the playbook. The only demand he made or the request he made – was what, Billy? Did you see this? Yeah, he just wanted his teammates' phone numbers. Yeah, just because he just wanted to know if they were good guys. How and about that? He just wanted to talk to them before the season starts. I mean, that's just that's the kind of stuff that gets me that get, get, gives me goosebumps and get get the season started tomorrow. I mean, this guy is all in. It's been a day of listening to press conferences, believe it or not, whether it was Coach Cal on Zoom or uh, Tom Brady's press conference over the phone, which would normally be one that, to introduce him to the teammates. So, I mean. Just all kind of weird in this COVID nineteen day and age. So Tom Brady called you? Oh no, not me. No, no, he didn't get that phone number. Not that important. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you'd give it up uh, if he asked for it. By the way, uh, you know, I, I really want to like him more than I do, and I don't dislike him because of all the success in New England. I'm not a hater. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there's teams I do. Uh, I do hate uh, as a sports fan, and the Cowboys are number one on my list. But I really dislike the way Brady reacted on the deflate gate thing when he wouldn't give up his phone and later destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was all a big lie. You know, and people kept coming back to oh, what does it matter that he only that he deflated the ball? It doesn't matter. I kept saying over and over, my guy Aaron Rodgers overinflates or has the footballs overinflated illegally. I don't care. Just don't lie about it. Just don't destroy evidence. But uh, Brady, not that he gives a crap, took a big step forward today in my eyes. So before we get to our first break, we will confirm. You may have seen this already on social media. 2020 Olympics will be postponed, scheduled to begin July 24 in Tokyo, postponed to a date, quote, no later than summer of 2021, of course, because of the pandemic. And I think, guys, that not only was it the right thing to do, of course, but to also state that the games will be held no later, and I know this is wishful thinking, but to give that goal to the athletes who have been working out many, literally all their lives, even if they competed in other Olympics, they've been pointing to this one as well. You're always pointing to the next Olympics if you're an Olympic athlete, you know, and uh, the fact that they've got, again, something to shoot for. Heck, they can take a little break right now, back off their training and then work up another timetable. And, uh, and be ready to compete 
in 2021. When we come back, John Calipari comments from the news conference that uh, Billy and Aaron were talking about earlier today. Nothing earth-shattering, but interesting. Back in just a minute. John Hale at the bottom of the hour on the Big Blue Insider here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Dick Gabriel, Aaron Gershon, and Billy Rutledge. We're just kicking it around here on a rainy Tuesday. John Calipari, as Aaron mentioned earlier, held a news conference, and everybody, at least the media, got to see it via Zoom. And we have some of the comments from that news conference. And he took questions, and one of the things he answered was just about how things are, or they think might play out for the Wildcats who are looking at or thinking about the NBA draft there's it's this is hour by hour day by day um, we as a staff and as a coach are not allowed to work out our players are not allowed to have one-on-one meetings if we have a group meeting we're not supposed to talk about basketball um, so now we are giving them the information from the NBA to find out where they fall at this point in time. Um, guys that have a decision to make whether they want to stay in the draft or not. Um, the NBA is saying we're keeping our date the same. Okay, well, what about the combine? That is going to move, we believe. Well, what about the draft date? That will move. Okay, what about bringing them to your facilities? We don't know when that will happen or if it will happen. My point to that in, in, in trying to get information to the NABC is shouldn't we move the decision date back for the kids to go to college or not? The date was always based on when the draft, when the combine. Well, that's all moving. So now I think these kids should have more time making that decision. My worry is for guys, okay, let's just talk they're working out right now. If they spend two months and don't do anything and then try to go work out for an NBA team, it ain't going to work for them. So there are no gyms. There are no health clubs. Unless they have a gym in their house, none of them do. Unless they have a health area, a workout area within their home, none of them do. How is this? How are we doing this? So my worry is more about that. Um, we're getting information to the kids. Um, I have not done a group call mainly because I have more questions and I have answers for them right now. So most of the stuff I'm doing is texting to stay in touch. Um, but I would, my guess is four to five guys would probably test the waters. I, uh, they changed a rule, um, that I wasn't on top of that you can now declare for the draft Every year you're in college, and if you choose to go back, it doesn't hurt your eligibility. It used to be after the second time you had to stay in the draft. Now you can do it every time. So I don't know how many will test the waters. Uh, We haven't gotten to that point to talk to them. My guess is four to five of them will. Aaron, this is a really bizarre scenario playing out, and it's going to affect a lot of kids. Yeah, it really is. And if, I, I was actually talking about this with someone last night. I wonder if guys who are cussy, who don't, aren't able to get the same 
feedback as they typically would or go through a combine, such as, uh, in this case, Emmanuel Quickly at Hagen, uh, if it makes them think maybe I should go back and prove myself another year. But then the other point of it is what if I come back and get injured? Yeah, if you're right. Yeah, and uh, a point I didn't think of is that they don't have a gym to work out at. They can't go to UK. <laughs> right. They can't go to the gym. I mean, what are they going to do? Head for the schoolyard. Tell the NBA scouts, meet me there. Send them some video. John Hale is next from the Career Journal here on 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Dick Gabriel, Aaron Gershon, Billy Rutledge. I am coming to you from the fabulous garage at my house. Aaron's at his apartment. Billy in the studio. Somebody has to keep this mess on the air. And a, and a, a guy among many who's used to working from home but also works more often than not on the road covering games of John Hale of the Courier-Journal. He's been on the U.K. beat for quite some time. And he joins us on our celebrity hotline, which is uh, sanitized for our protection. John, how are you making out these days? Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm doing my appearance at the same spot I always am. So it's, it's normal as ever. That's what I was going to say. And you are used to it, but the subject matter. Right now, right. You, sh- you should be at a tournament site or preparing to go to another one, John. And I know that uh, travel can be a hassle, but... When you sign up to be a sports writer, especially to cover a program like Kentucky, that's what you sign up for, to cover the NCAA tournament. So that's got to be tough. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, frankly, a lot of uh, the SEC schedule gets a little tedious at times. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's true of fans, of media, of everybody. Those Tuesday games in Starkville that everybody forgets what happens two days later uh, are not a ton of fun to go to. But you get through all that for this time of the year. I mean, this is the part where everybody's interested. Everybody's reading what you're writing. Everybody's engaged what's going on. And uh, it, it is hard to be on the road the whole time. I mean, we're on the road for, you know, sometimes six weeks in a row, depending on where their last regular season game was. And so it, it's a situation where uh, it's certainly un, something I'm not used to. Uh, it, I forget about it. And then I'll see something that sparks your memory and says, oh, today I should be going to, you know, Indianapolis or, uh, or Houston. Last week, I should have been going to St. Louis. And then on the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when CBS is showing all the retro games, like it really starts to <laughs> sink in that this is when those games should be. Yeah. Uh, this is when they should be being played right now. And then it's just to remind you that nothing about what we're going through as a as a society right now is normal. Yeah, you're right about that. And and man, it, you do get nostalgic, don't you, when you see the games, even the games from just a couple or three years ago. And John Calipari covered a lot of different topics including what his team might have done this season and surely they were playing their best basketball the the second half of the Tennessee game notwithstanding but did anything from Calipari today jump out at you I mean it was interesting I thought a few of the the, the draft questions I mean that's what everybody's going to have their most immediate kind of interest who stays who goes that's always the talk at the end of every season it obviously happened you know three weeks early this year uh, but it's a similar situation where people are wondering who's going to come back, who's going to leave. Cal City expects four or five people to test the draft waters. You assume that's Tyrese Maxey, Nick Richards, Ashton Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly, and E.J. Montgomery probably as that fifth guy who's kind of in limbo. Uh, so we'll see how those play out. I thought it was interesting. I asked him basically about Emmanuel specifically because he's kind of, I think, the, the biggest toss-up there. I think most people assume 
uh, Nick, Tyrese, and Ashton are gone, and it's probably a safer bet that EJ Montgomery comes back, although I don't think that's a certainty at this point. But Emmanuel, it seems like the one that's a real toss-up. So I said the argument for him to come back is basically play point guard. Show NBA scouts that you can play with the ball in your hand. What other guys evolved? Answer that last question. If he comes back to school next year, can he be your primary point guard? And Cal said he, he could. He definitely could. But then he went into this whole thing about that's not the only thing he should be considering. And it's all about questions as to whether you're ready and all those other things. Uh, so I, I didn't come away from that answer being very confident that Emmanuel quickly is coming back. But I don't think Cal knows. I don't think Emmanuel knows. And all the questions we have right now about just how the process is going to play out with workouts and the combine and everything just adds more uncertainty to the whole situation. Yeah, I think uncertainty is the right word, John, because we're not really sure about anything, no matter the sport. And I, w- I wanted to ask you about football because there's been some headlines and thoughts that, you know, the college football season's not even safe, and we're going to have to d- address that decision down the line. But even if it were to start on time, do you think that missing these practices and the spring game could ultimately lead to a lesser product on the field at the start of the beginning of the season for these college teams? Yeah, I definitely think it can. I mean, I think the good news in that, if if there is a silver line, is that everybody's basically in the same situation. I mean, I think what, Kentucky got five of their spring practices in. I think Louisville got seven of theirs in. But there were some programs who had started at all. I think it's it's probably less about the 15 spring practices as it is about the off-season conditioning. Because even after spring was done, all those guys would have been back in the weight room working with Corey Edmond, working with Mark Hill for the next you know month before school let out. Then they would have had a few weeks at home, and then they would have come back for the summer and just you know been on a, a very regimented off-season conditioning program that entire time. Who knows when they're going to be back on campus? Who knows when those freshmen are going to arrive for the first time? And those guys do not have you know weight rooms in their homes for the most part, and gyms are closed. It's hard to get access to that kind of stuff. Um, that's going to be a major question. How ready are those guys to play? I think most teams are going to be in the same situation, so it's probably going to be a, a lower quality of play across the board. But this is the time of the year when a guy like Josh Allen made that massive jump from year one to year two. It was all the work he put in the offseason. And I'm sure there were guys on this team and other teams that we would have seen do similar things. I think it's probably less likely now that we're going to see a massive jump of that just because of the circumstances. John, I want to go back to the Cal Perry presser today. And he made it pretty clear he's against uh, kids transferring and having a one-year kind of grace period, not getting penalized for it if they transfer once. Um, I was wondering where you stand on it, because Calipari brings up the point of affecting mid-majors, but on the other side of it, you want the kids to be empowered with decisions. Yeah, I think I think the only fair thing to do is to let them transfer without sitting out. I think the one-time bargain is, is a fair compromise. I do think he overstates the case a little bit. Uh, because the one part of this that he doesn't want to acknowledge, he keeps saying that it's great for Kentucky, it's great for Kentucky, and and that's true to an extent. I mean, they are going to be able to pick guys from smaller programs to come, you know, come up and and fill in as juniors and seniors when they're you know trying to do finishing school for the NBA or whatever. But the other side of this is Kentucky's going to lose guys to this too. I mean, they're going to be guys at the end of the bench who those you know group of five conference schools or their hometown you know kind of mid-level power five conference school is coming and saying look if you were here you'd be playing more you wouldn't be worried about not getting minutes and getting over recruited by the next group of five-star freshmen that are going to come in next year and he's going to lose guys like that i mean we've seen basically one at least one kentucky player a year transfer for the last 
four or five years for that very reason, and that's only going to increase if guys are able to transfer freely. So I do think some of those mid-major schools are going to be able to fill the holes that are created in the roster by picking off the guys on the end of the pitch at the high majors. It's going to be hectic. It's going to make it harder for coaches. Uh, but as long as they're not paying these players, I don't see a real logical argument for restricting their movement. And it'll, like you said, it'll go both ways. There will be players being developed. Well, for instance, Calipari watched his friend Bruiser Flint fired right. because he had lost his best player. And, and you know, and truly administrations that, that do that, I think, are cowardly. You know, when they when they see a, a team lose its best player and, oh, my goodness, they're not as good anymore. Come on. Show some common sense. And the door will swing both ways. But as soon as this came up, John, and I agree with you, but I also agree with Calipari, there will be tampering. And my question is, yes. what and how will they do to try to avoid that? Because, you know, the, the NCAA member institutions, not a group of five or six people, but the member institutions have decided – they don't want to spend the money on, on people to look out for such things, and yet it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why Cal is so adamant about this yeah. right now. I think he understands it's coming regardless. He's trying to be so out in front of it to get what he wants, his concessions made. And the biggest one is the tampering thing. For that very reason I just mentioned, that he's go- there are going to be other coaches tampering with yep. his roster. I mean, yep. it already happens. We're all – I think nobody's naive enough to think it doesn't happen and, it happens in all sports and, and all the situations, but it's going to get worse if, if those coaches know that they can pick players off the end of Kentucky's bench to come uh, to come to their program and play right away, and it hurts Cal's ability to have roster continuity and have veterans and all those other things. So I think it's a real concern. I mean, that's why he keeps saying that they should be fired if, if you get caught for tampering. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, to me, that makes sense. But the question is going to be who's going to turn in another coach for tampering when you're at risk for knowing somebody on your staff's probably out there tampering too. So you got to make sure you're watching your own ship before you start complaining or complaining about other teams. It's, it's going to be a situation where you better know a hundred percent that nobody in your organization has reached out to an AAU coach or reached right. out to a high school coach or a parent and said, Hey, maybe you should come here before you start complaining about other people doing it to your team. Couldn't agree more. Let me shift you over to football in the minutes we have remaining. We were talking last night among ourselves about the fact that schools are always dealing with replacing this player, that player. And, of course, Kentucky says goodbye to Lynn Bowden. There's not a school in America, in my opinion, no matter what the level, that is looking at a similar situation as a Kentucky. And we all know the wide receiver moves in, has a heroically great season at quarterback, and now he's gone. But then on top of that, the storyline remains – You've got two former starting quarterbacks, guys who have won at the same school, coming back to compete for the job. Uh, you know, there are going to be a lot of storylines for this football program, as you know, John. But this one, I've been at it for a while, so have you. So have you. I've never seen one like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the biggest question about this team. I mean, that, that's why there's such a disconnect between fans who look at it and say, oh, the, the Kentucky's not getting respect again. Uh, obviously, the quarterback's not going to be an issue because you got Terry Wilson. If you don't have Terry Wilson, you got Cyrus Smith. And if you don't have Cyrus Smith, maybe you have Joe Gatewood if the transfer thing goes through. So the Kentucky fans, I don't think, are as worried about quarterback, whereas everybody outside of Lexington looks at it and says, oh, they lost the one guy who was like 90% of their offense. Of course they're going to take a step back. Right. And so it's a situation where that disconnect has changes the perception of this team. But the, the reality of the situation is Kentucky has a major question there. 
Uh, and I think you can be confident in the options and that one of at least one of those guys is going to step up and take over the job. But until we see it happen, it's fair to ask, is Harry Wilson going to be 100%? Is he going to be the same guy he was before the injury? Is Sawyer Smith the guy we saw at the end of the Florida game, or is he the guy that we saw after his you know, wrist and shoulder started acting right. up? Right. Is Joey Gatewood ready to win in the SEC, or is he a run-first guy who has real questions as a passer? I, I think all those questions could be answered in a positive way, but until we see it happen, I don't know that you can have a firm grasp on what this Kentucky team is. John, it's almost hard to believe, but when you look through this roster, it's hard to really find a position group that maybe there are questions, but it's hard to consider one weekend or one to really worry about. Is there any that I might be missing that stand out to you? I think the the biggest question for me outside of what we just talked about for quarterback is the receivers, just what they got out of last year for spending eight games basically serving as you know glorified blockers. I think there's a lot of talent there. I think there are young guys who definitely have the potential to step up. When you talk about Bryce Oliver and Alan Daly and Josh Ali, who's not a young guy, Cleveland Thomas, we saw some of those the, the two veterans there. Isaiah Epps, if he comes back healthy, I think there's options there. But I don't have a good feel for how much development they actually made last year when they weren't catching passes. I don't know how much I know they were supposedly doing it in practice. But when you look at it, they didn't have a lot of healthy options at quarterback in practice either. So I, I think the spring would have been huge for that group in terms of just getting out there and throwing it and catching it and, and getting used to your quarterbacks again. Uh, the summer would be big if they can get back on campus and just do that on their own. Uh, that, to me, is the biggest question mark. I don't think it's a weakness, but I do think uh, we don't really know who's going to step up at that spot yet. John, as we wrap up this football discussion, I'm curious on what you think about Lynn Bowden's draft stock. Uh, we've seen Lamar Jackson completely light the NFL uh, on the scene, and that's obviously a different player. You know, Lynn Bowden's not going to no. play quarterback, but at the same time, there's guys like Taysom Hill in New Orleans who kind of fit that role of a receiver, quarterback, special teams player. Do you see Lynn Bowden finding that space at the next level, or is he more of a, a tweener guy? I think he's got a real potential to do that, and my gut is that some team takes a gamble on him around that third range, third round range just for that reason, Think they can, thinks he can be the next Taysom Hill, thinks he could be a Debo Samuel kind of player, and they just do a little bit of everything. I know when I was at the Combine what a month ago, that seems like years ago now, um, he, was, he was very adamant about, like, I don't have a position on a football player. It's clear that was the message he was sending to teams, and I think that's his best chance to get drafted. Uh, he is a guy, though, that could be hurt by all this shutdown right now because he didn't run the 40 at the Combine because he had a, a minor hamstring injury. He was going to run at his pro day, which is not happening now. And who, uh, he's not going to be able to go into, uh, into any NFL cities probably and work out the facilities before the draft at this point. It would be surprising if they do. And obviously they're not coming here because Kentucky's campus is shut down. Uh, how does that work? I, I don't know. But my gut is there's probably a team out there who saw enough on his game film who thinks they can find a real steal in that third, fourth, maybe even fifth round range if he slides because these other teams didn't see him enough. Some team that did their homework, uh, I think, is, is probably going to be real focused on getting Bowden somewhere in that mid-round range because he has the potential to develop into one of those kind of players. And you kind of alluded to it, John, but we were talking just the other night, I guess it was last night, about the fact that our brethren in the media will – take a glance at Kentucky's stats and Kentucky's roster and say, oh, they'll fall back, they'll finish ahead of Vandy, they aren't going to be very good because they lost Lynn Bowden. When, if they would just look just a little closer 
and, and see what Kentucky has coming back, not only a quarterback, but at running back and defensive line. And, and those DBs who were supposed to be roasted last year played phenomenally well compared to, to what we thought they would do, thanks in large part to that D-line. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to prepare U.K. fans for that. Look, don't get upset. Yeah. Just kind of smile and nod because you know better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and it's, the, it's, it's honestly the best-case scenario for Mark yeah. and his team in, in the offseason because he knows how good they can be. He knows the talent and the depth they have back at basically every position. And so if you just get that little bit of extra edge, the you know nobody respects us again for the you know eighth year in a row or whatever, uh, that can help you a little bit. And that could maybe get some of these guys as they're sitting at home uh, on their own working out, maybe that helps just get that little bit of extra motivation to go and do some sort of workout on your own. And that's You need whatever you can get right now in any offseason, but especially this one. Uh, so it's definitely coming. They're going to be yeah. picked fifth or sixth in the, in right. the SEC again, that's probably right. the East. Uh, just ignore it. Uh, take it as a positive, hope that the guys use it for motivation. And this team, this program over the last three years has proven that when it matters, they can go out there and prove those people wrong, and I don't think this team will be any different. No, it'll be great motivation. John Hale of the Courier-Journal has covered the U.K. beat for quite some time, and we urge you to follow him at CourierJournal.com or on Twitter. John, thanks. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, have a good one. And we are back in just a few here on the Big Blue Insider, Dick Gabriel, Aaron Gershon, and Billy Rutledge, 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Oh, man, a coronavirus party. How disappointed was the governor? I mean, it's one thing, guys, to do something stupid like that, but to disappoint Andy Bashir. am I right? Yeah, he's like the nicest guy. He totally gave the <laughs> dad speech where I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. That's, right. That's exact because he kept saying, you know, we don't want to shame these people. That's right. Which, That's you know, right. is right because it's a sensitive time. And, yeah, they totally messed up. And every reason to be disappointed. It's not the, the time to be mad. But, yeah, it, it takes a lot to upset that guy. He's done a really wonderful yeah, job. Stern but fair, Andy. Stern but fair. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I'm hoping that, that they're – open-minded enough, or I don't want to use, use the word smart enough because they were smart, they wouldn't have done it, but aware enough to be shamed, to feel shame after yeah. disappointing Pops, Andy. I mean, you know, it's just, oh, man. just uh, Before we go to our next caller, I do want to mention that uh, we talked about John Calipari, and uh, he is quite active, as we all know, when it comes to the community and charities, and his foundation is teaming up with Fayette County Public Schools and Kroger to help provide for families in need during the pandemic. They will identify those three parties, families from up to 37 elementary schools across the county and provide these families with food through at least April 20th. That's when schools, uh, that's the, uh, the, the projected date, according to Governor Bashir where the schools will remain closed until at least April the 20th as the, the state tries to sort things out. A proud employee of Kroger for a long time is Mr. John Short, also Hi. the number one U.K. basketball fan. John, how are you today? I'm blessed. How are you, how you doing today, Gabriel? you got to be proud of John Calipari, John. I mean, I am. I, I'm proud of him, yes. So how are you handling no NCAA tournament? 
That's not good. I know you're going to rebroadcast a good game Friday night. Well, there are a lot of games coming up both on TV and radio. John, do you have a favorite? I don't have a, I don't have a favorite, but the, the one game we talked about the Kansas game is when Dwight Anderson Cal Macy won it for us in 1978. Dwight Anderson took the phantom charge, didn't he? Yes, he did. And then uh, Kyle hit the jump shot? Yep, and a technical free throw. And a technical free throw because Kansas did what, John? Is Darnell Valentine called illegal timeout? That's exactly Not coach, right. But Darnell Valentine. That's exactly. And they they had said in the huddle, guys, we don't have any more timeouts. And Kyle Macy hits the shot, and Kansas called time yeah. instinctively. And yeah. they were down. What were they down, John? Six points with thirty seconds to play. Yes. And came back without a shot clock, without a three pointer. Maybe the most incredible comeback Kentucky's made of its kind. Yes. Yeah. John, i got to leave you. We're up against the, the uh, break, but I do appreciate talking to you. I'm glad you're healthy. Proud of Kroger. Crap, proud of the Calipari Foundation. Proud of you, okay? Hey, thank you. All right. Have a good one. Coming up, Doug Hampton. We're going to talk officiating. That's right. With a real live official, or at least a former official. And, folks, the man can cook a pizza, so pay attention. That's next on 630 WLAP. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.